BBC Sounds. Music, radio, podcasts. The Gardening Hour podcast on BBC Essex with Ken Crowther. Hello, I'm Ken Crowther and this is the BBC Essex Gardening Hour podcast. Don't forget, you can subscribe to this podcast on BBC Sounds. This week, Dave Gillam is my special guest taking your calls on everything from bamboo orchids, irises and of course Christmas trees. We've also got some top tips on things you can be getting on with in the garden, plus our plant of the week. We go straight to your calls, and this week we go straight over to Harlow to talk to Eve. Hello, Eve. Hello, Ken. Um, it's just a, a, a correction, I think, um, probably we need. Um, you're on about lawns and cutting them at this time of year. I am, yes. Um, now, I wouldn't, even in the dry weather, I wouldn't use a... Um, more unless it's got an RCD on it. So um, could you say, um, correct yourself or correct anybody, um, what sort of mower you would use? Well, well I don't I'd think it matters it. what time of the year it is. It doesn't matter. In that sense, you should always have an RCD when you're using any electrical equipment in the garden. Um, but, but, you're, but you're saying cut it even though it's wet? Yes. No different to cutting it in the spring if it's rained, is it? Really? No, it's oh. no different. You see, with with what has happened, and I'm not going to get into what's happening in the, whether it's global warming <laughs> or whatever. We have we have got. If you go back, you know, I've been gardening a, even longer than Dave. Yeah. Um, but if you go backwards, um, <clears throat> we used to have slightly harsher winters than we are getting today, mm-hmm. and you know, as a I mean, I've I'm I'm, you know, been garden contracting for years and I, I, I've watched the pattern has yeah. changed dramatically. OK, mowers have changed as well, but that's not the point. The point is that the weather has changed. And really, your lawn did slow down and pretty well stop in November growing. Yeah. And that's because the temperatures generally and overnight were below three degrees. Now, once you're above three degrees, the lawn still grows. Now, we're above three degrees nearly all the time, including nighttime temperatures, aren't we, Dave? That's certain. If you leave it, you're going to have too much growth when you're trying to cut it in the spring. And, it, you know, it will be probably more detrimental to the lawn than cutting it in sweat. So as long as it's not soaking wet to the point where you'll make a, a muddy mess, yes. you raise the blades yeah. so that you cut at a much higher level and you can cut any time right through the winter. Depending on the weather, does that make well, sense? You learn to you? something every day, don't you? <laughs> well, I mean, uh, to give you an idea, in some of the gardens that I might uh, keep an eye on at the moment, we would be we've mown two weeks ago, possibly, and chances are, if it doesn't go too terribly cold, we'll do one more cut before Christmas. So that gives you an idea that we're cutting every three to four weeks. Yeah. Oh, and we'll cut well. in Jan- and we'll cut in January if it's not frosty and snowy. And it's warm. And it, it, my lawn, then. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be round. No, we won't. <laughs> but no, and it is, it is a reminder, yes, and I think Dave's made a good point, that, you know, anybody using a mains electric appliance, and it's not just lawnmowers, no, is it, Dave? No, hedge cutters, anything, really, mm. leaf blowers for that. Yeah, anything must use an RCD. Yeah? Does that well, help you? you. Well, it does. It's a relief, actually, because some people might, you know, I, I thought that you couldn't use a mower when it's wet, 
Um, and, you know, you might get some people, well, I thought you might get some people um, going out and cutting their lawn and probably being electrocuted. <laughs> Having yeah. a hair-raising no. experience. Yeah. Now, I think you've, got, you've brought up, though, Eve, you've asked the question, but you've also brought up a very important point, and I think that is what this programme is all about, is getting, you know, different information to different people. Yeah? Yeah. Thank you. Thank Bye. you. Thank you, Eve from Harlow, for a very useful call. We've got Dave from Upminster. Hello, Dave. Hello, Dave. Could that be John? Could be John if you're from <laughs> Upminster. Are you asking about fuchsias? Yes. Okay, what can we do for you, John? I took uh, cuttings of geraniums and fuchsias about six weeks ago. Yeah. And they're all looking good, but when I, the soil is like bone dry, and I'm tempted to water it. Should I do that? Um, if you think they've rooted, um, then it's probably worth just a dribble, uh, you know, almost like a mister and just damp the, the compost. I wouldn't have them too wet because they really won't want to be growing unless it's you've got good light and good temperature. Um, yeah. You're just trying to keep them ticking over until the, the day length increases and you, they, they start getting some growth. So I wouldn't let them dry completely out, but be careful, you know, little and often is better than drowning them at this time. Yeah, being dry just doesn't work. They'll, they'll basically die, won't they? Yeah, so it's if just it's that boundary. If they're too wet, then they'll they've die. made roots, <laughs> they're rot. So you, you can't, you, yeah, it's getting the balance. Ticking along, it? really. Can you, do you understand that? John? Uh, yes, yes. So, and where are you keeping them, John? On the windows here in the kitchen. Yeah. Oh, so they should go work quite well there. Yeah, they should have decent temperatures. It's only if you, you keep them somewhere cool and they just sort of sit there and you, you add the water and then they, they just rot rather than uh, grow. All right, then? Okay, that's fine. Okay, look for it. And don't forget to pick out the tops if they start to grow in the spring. Pick those tips out yeah, and root, root them as well yep oh yeah you can can't you yeah right let's go to Bev no no we're not I'm Beverly in Canoodon hello Beverly hello Ken hello Dave hello um, my query is about um, a young sapling laburnum oh right yeah um, I cut it back a few weeks ago because <laughs> there was branches going in all directions um, so I sort of made it look a little bit neat the the problem that i have and have had is um i've got my bird feeder about five feet away yeah um <laughs> and they queue on the laburnum tree um waiting to, for their turn on the feeder <laughs> but then they come back to the laburnum and they wipe their beaks on the buds and i'd like to know if that will actually cause a problem i wouldn't have thought so you might lose the odd one but once once the you know weather warms up and the tree comes into growth i'm sure it'll probably outgrow the birds wiping their beaks and yeah. you know and you can't really stop them either can you <laughs> no put no. a little note on there ask them nicely to use a tissue <laughs> there's dozens of them are there <laughs> okay oh oh one little oh. point you Go said on. about a leaf blower yes yeah. What on earth is the purpose of a leaf blower? Now look, why, now, it, why I, don't you just leave use a, a garden vacuum instead? A garden vacuum? Well, most blowers suck in blow, some, don't they? Some, so. some suck, some <laughs> blow. What? A bit of vacuum? Just blow it. Yeah, but hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. I, you know, I do gardens where you <laughs> couldn't possibly suck 
all the leaves up. Because yeah, there's too many. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, you know the one-ton bags? Yeah. The, the big one-ton yeah. bag. Well, sometimes if you fill two of those out of a garden, you couldn't suck that lot up, could you? You'd have to blow <laughs> them into a corner and then collect them, wouldn't you? Yeah. That, still well, still yeah, should pick you, them you up if you're blowing them. You people actually collecting. You see them blowing it all over the place. Well, it's easier for next door to pick them up once you've blown them out of your garden, <laughs> isn't it? No, but, you, <laughs> no, but, a, but a blower, you treat... It, it's like using a broom. You, yeah. you blow them into a corner and then collect them. Yes, yes. We, we've got a couple of uh, uh, hands that you pick up. That's bulk. it. That's it, hands. hands. Big hands. Big hands. They work, That's don't it. they? Yep. <laughs> yes, they do, yes. Anyway, okay. but Beverly, Beverly sounds like Jeff Hodge. He's anti-blowers. He doesn't see the point of blowers. <laughs> you won't see he's in it. I, he was going to be in the other week, and I was going to give him an ear roll on it because <laughs> because they are useful in big gardens. He must have a strong back and strong arms. Yes, exactly. Maureen from Billericay. Hello, Maureen. Oh, good morning, Ken. Um, you, you were saying last week about the garden in Bose Clifford. Uh, that was open. It was an um, illuminated garden. Oh yes, yes. And you said anyone that went. To oh, did home, you go along? I did go, and it's well worth going to. It's on again this evening. That's right at Bowers Gifford, Una yes. fourteen Una Road. That's it. And it's on from four thirty to eight o'clock, isn't it? Yes. I mean, this describe last it for. Week we sat it till nine o'clock. They've got a lovely marquee, so when yep. you finish going around the garden, you can sit there and have your mulled wine and your cake and your um, mince pie, and they're very welcoming. They're really lovely people. So what are, what are the lights at? Is it a big garden? Describe yeah. the garden to us a bit. It's a fair size. In the dark, you're going all around these little paths, and yeah. there's gnomes and... Oh, so many lights and water features. Really? And then the snow coming down as you walk around one of the paths. I think the grandson was up in the tree um, <laughs> making the snow. And it was a lovely evening. You know, pity the weather wasn't that good because there wasn't a lot of people, you know, went there. Yeah. But uh, it was well worth seeing. Yeah, I... I've... The silly thing is, I wrote all the details down, but I didn't get the guy's name. I actually don't know who he is, which I, is terrible, I, isn't it? I think his name was John, uh, but I, I'm not sure. No, I'm not sure. But we did but talk he about... He sat with us and he, he was telling us all about the garden and um, it, it, it was very nice, very nice evening. Well, we now, sat there for an hour after it closed and they... Uh, they weren't pushing us out. <laughs> and the important thing is that it's it, he opens it for the National Garden Scheme, which, of course, puts That's a right. lot, of, lot of money for particularly cancer relief and, and cancer, uh, different the Macmillan nurses and all sorts of really good charities. So, in fact, he's doing a very good job for charity and helping people to enjoy a bit more Christmas yeah. cheer, isn't he? Yes, he's open twice in the summer. Yep. Um, he gives you a little leaflet on when he's opening, um, you know, in the summer. Um, and, um, yes, I thought it was well worth going to. Well, if he's listening, let us know what your name is, because I'd, li- I'd like to know his name. But if anybody else has been there, give us a call. I tell you what, that is really nice of you to give us a call back and to let us know that you, you know, you went and you enjoyed it. And let's yeah, hope you get... And tonight should be better weather. So oh, I'm much better. get more people there. That's fantastic. Thank you very much for giving us a call back, Maureen. Thank you. Bye-bye, Maureen. And don't forget, what Maureen was talking about is a garden that is lit up for charity. It's 
under the National Garden Scheme Charity. Um, it's open tonight from 4.30 to 8. It's at Bowers Gifford, 14 Una Road. And if you've got a pen, it's SS132HU. That is the number. That is the way to get in. Time now to look at Plant a Week. Shimonanthus praecox. Some of the Shimonanthus are evergreen, but mostly they're deciduous. And they're called winter sweet as its common name. Why winter sweet? Well, I'll tell you. The perfume from those flowers is exquisite. And it happens about now. They can flower from sort of late November right through till March. But really, they are so gorgeous. The sweetness is unbelievable. If you let them really grow, they can grow about whoa, 12 foot high. But normally they grow about four, five foot high and about three and a half, four foot wide. Um, why are they grown? They're grown mainly for this winter flower. It is a gorgeous pendant flower. It produces it on bare stems, which makes it very attractive. And the sepals are sort of greeny yellow and has a sort of purplish inside. Absolutely fantastic. It comes from the, the family Calcinathaceae, and they originate from China and Japan. Um, but they really are absolutely gorgeous. Now, it produces seeds which are toxic. However... You guessed it, they're used for something. Well, the Chinese actually grind the seed down, produce oil, and it's used in Chinese medicine. Where can you grow them? Well, they're lovely against a wall, and you can grow them actually as a wall shrub, but they produce absolutely more flower if you keep them trimmed and facing onto that wall. South or east position would be good, they're very tolerant of all soils, but they don't like it soggy and wet. So they are. That's what you're after. How'd you propagate them? Well, actually, I'd go out and buy one from a good garden centre or retail nursery. But you can propagate from seed if you want to enjoy doing a bit of extra gardening. Softwood cuttings in summer. And I'll tell you what the other good advantage is. They're pretty well disease-free. So they are. Remember it. Shimonanthus praecox for winter touch of colour and a touch of perfume. Hello, Margaret. Hello, Ken. Um, Sorry to have kept you a little while there, but uh, what would you like to ask about, Margaret? Oh, it doesn't matter. Um, I've got to a couple of amaryllis, which I bought last year, and they flowered beautifully last year. I've had amaryllis before, and they've lasted me five, six years. Um, this one is, it seems to be growing blind. It's the, uh, the, sorry, the leaves are about a foot long and there is absolutely no sign of any bud, bud. Um, in, in the, the middle, which I thought I would see by now. Dave, that sometimes does happen, doesn't it, it after it several does, years? How yeah. many years has it flowered for you? I only bought it last year, so yeah. it's just one year last year. Mm. Yeah, quite often with, my, with a lot of bulbs, and, and it sounds like you've been lucky with the ones you've had previously, but... Um, they're bought or they're grown to to flower um, and without feeding them and, and a little bit more care than perhaps we'd naturally give something when it's flowered um, they don't build up enough energy back in the bulb to produce a flower but they will still grow leaves and what you'll probably find is that bulb next year will flower because it's had a, a year of building back up without the energy of flowering oh. happening 
Oh, right, because I didn't know if, you know, I should just throw it away and start... Oh, no, 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 never throw plants away. Keep it watered, (laughs) feed it with some sort of tomato feed, so anything with a high potash, but tomato food is is good. Um, Right. And just let it, keep watering it, keep feeding it until it naturally sort of dies down and has has its rest. Um, And then you'll probably find that will produce flowers for you next year. Okay, I did start it off with a, a lot of water and some tomorite. Yeah, um, it's important when they're growing and when they're going backwards, you know, re- retracting back to the bulb, that's when the feed needs to be so there because they're storing it in. So, in fact, it's worth feeding from ne- now, yeah, isn't it? you've got leaves now. It's, you've got yeah. leaves. You're feeding the bulb through well, at yes, the sir. same time. Right, OK, thank you very much. It's all right to... I uh, kept it in the garage over winter. Yeah, it won't hurt. It's dormant, it's dormant. It's fine. OK, right. Thank you very much. All right. Thanks. That's a pleasure. That's Margaret from Warden on the Nays. Uh, we're going to be talking to John from Bowers Gifford, who opened his garden in just a little while. But um, we're going to Benfleet, to Bert, aren't we, Bert? Good morning. What you yes. got for our, us? Our amaryllis comes out at, uh, during the summertime. <laughs> <laughs> uh, obviously... I've got a bamboo, a white bamboo plant, mm-hmm. and we're getting all these long... Orchid, sorry, orchid, bamboo orchid. <laughs> yeah. And we're getting all these long white stringy bits coming off of it. Roots. And I didn't know where they should go. They're all <laughs> over the place. Yeah, they're, um, is it the dendromina that is a... Is that the, the one that look, it looks like a, and it looks like Nodule a bamboo, doesn't it? Up, yeah. yeah. yeah, um, they're, oh, they're, has, yeah. It fla- has it finished flowering? Uh, once, yeah, but uh, I think we're going to get some more by the look of it. Yeah, I mean, the, those are air roots, they're roots. You know, most of these um, orchids take the air, uh, moisture out of the air, so they're, they're basically just trying to settle in and, and anchor themselves to something. Is there anything there no. that you can... <laughs> nothing no, to anchor well, to? Some of them are outside the pot even going Yeah, down. that's fine. I mean, orchids will do that. Just mist them with some water yeah. um, and let them do what they're going to do. Right, OK. But it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's doing well. All the orchids seem to do well here. And you're doing well on that one, particularly. It's not not the easiest to get back into flower. So if you've got flower buds coming, you're doing quite well. Right, Okay. Well, it's not me, it's the wife. Oh, well. A green-fingered lady. I would have took that compliment and run with that. (laughs) And as I say, the the, um, amaryllis, they come out all all round the year. Yeah, they're not specifically... They would just keep persevering, and all of a sudden we say, "Oh, hang on, we've got one coming in the summer." <laughs> they're actually they're they're cooled off, aren't they? Yeah. So they're treated so that they will flower at Christmas, so they can be sold as a Christmas plant. Plant, yeah. That's what they do to mm. them, like oh, they do. And also, we have a gentleman that uh, decorates his house in Jotman's Lane, and it's well worth looking at. In fact, you can't see much of the house, but you can see all the lights he's put on. <laughs> you there. see the glow, can you? <laughs> yeah, and he does a collection for local charities on that one. And that's in Benfleet, Jotman's Lane, Benfleet. Lane, Benfleet, yeah. You can't miss the house if you drive in Jotman's Lane. <laughs> OK, that's nice to know. It's another one to add to the list, isn't it? Eh? Yeah, he's been doing it for many years, and uh, I think he's... Uh, does, how does he... charities get appreciated. How does he collect the money? Does he leave a box outside, or what? A box outside, yeah. I think he takes it in late at night, but... Uh, Possibly, I don't know. I don't know what time the box goes in, but he does collect the money in the box outside. That's really good. Yeah. Okay, thank you very much indeed, Bert. Keep up the good work of your end. Okay, <laughs> we'll do. We'll keep trying anyway. And we talked to John from Bowes Gifford. Hello, John. 
Hello, Ken. Hello, that, Ken. Uh, that was really nice. Uh, that lady rang in and I what? said, could someone come back to us and tell us what they thought? And she had a delightful time with you, didn't she? Yes, she did. I think they, I think there was two of them. They come from Billericay. They did sit there, you know, for the evening, and it was such a pleasure to talk to them. And uh, I'm so pleased she's come on and told you all about it because it, it is worth coming. Even I say it myself, you know, I was a little bit disappointed with the amount of people come last week. Yeah. We had just over the 30, I think. But uh, we did raise quite a good bit of money with the uh, wild wine and things, about 250 actually, but we're hoping for more today. Well, it's much better weather you've got for it today, isn't it? It is at the moment. Uh, you know, I don't know if they forecast rain tonight, but... Uh, it's I mean, meant to be staying quite I quite think it's staying reasonable. Weekend, yeah. Reasonable. Yeah. I think you should have it's a, a reasonable... windy, but, uh, you know, the little marquee sort of... Uh, uh, has to be tied down a bit, but uh, <laughs> it's okay at the moment. Have to drink uh, a bit more mild wine to uh, keep warm. Yeah, I've just saying, I've just found to appreciate everything you've done because you've advertised it the last couple of weeks, and Rob Jelly's mentioned it, and, and I think somebody else. So BBC Good. Six has done marvellous for us. Good. I'm so pleased. Thank you. That's all right. It's a pleasure, and John. It's, it's John and Barbara Spooner um, from 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 Bowes Gifford, 14 Una Road, Bowes Gifford, SS. 132 HU. You got it all in there, didn't you? Hey? Hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't want to keep you too long. I appreciate your time. So, That's yeah. all right. Okay then, okay. John. Thank Good you luck. very Thanks much. Very much Thank you very much for calling us back and letting us know how it went. That's really nice to hear. Uh, don't forget, if you're doing something similar, you can tell us here at BBC Essex and we can pass it on. It's lovely to hear someone opening a garden like that, isn't it? Um, and uh, don't forget, there's a line for it at the moment, 0800 111 And we'll go through some of those texts because uh, I like this one. Um, well, I don't like this one. I shouldn't... Um, I have to be careful with this one. Simon in Benfleet. Why is it every year when I buy a poinsettia at Christmas, all the leaves f from fall off one by one? <laughs> now, you see, you know what I say. Firstly, buy English. Yes. yes. Because they are grown at different temperatures, aren't they? We uh, grow at lower temperatures, don't we? And Can you tell us a bit about that? Well, the, the English ones are slower grown, um, generally, because uh, the Dutch guys are just trying to churn them out as quickly as possible to save money. But generally, poinsettias don't like change. They don't like drafts. And if you're transporting plants from, from one country to another, they're going to go in and out of lorries or in hubs. The temperatures will drop, they will rise, and then it just sets the leaf fall in. Um, where, I mean, ours all come from Clacton. Um, a well-known grower, though, yeah. Yes. Yeah. And, um, you know, they don't travel far, they don't travel for long, and, and they don't get the drafts and tend to... Right, and you're the keeping leaf, them warm. We're keeping them warm, but not hot. Um, yeah, because they don't... That's the silly thing. <laughs> they don't like too much heat either, no. do they? Too much change. They hate ferret change. Um, and when you buy one, quite often they won't be in the sleeve. I and mean, when we take ours out the sleeves so they don't sweat um, when they're waiting. But then we will always have the sleeves and make sure that they go into a sleeve. It's not just there to make them look pretty. It's there to protect them from the cold drafts when you go out the shop door and put it in your car, and then out the car and into the home. So just, just keep them wrapped, allow them, well, just get them in quick, <laughs> really. Not too hot, not too cold. Not too much water and, and either. And not too much water, and they should be fine. So really, you know, um, Simon in Benfleet, try harder, I, 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 you know, <laughs> and if you haven't bought one, look for a Union Jack on them, yeah. because they are marked up with Union Jacks if they're British-grown. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, you want a British-grown one, not only to support our industry, which, of course, might be very important, our horticultural industry in the future. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, um, you know, that is what you should do and look after it carefully, as uh, Dave has just explained. And hopefully, Simon, that will work for you. Um, just like to let you know, this is Martin. Just like to let you know, I've just cut my grass and thank you for a great show. That was Martin. Um, Does he want to come and cut mine? Yeah, that's the point. Got some time on and now we're talking about bulbs. <laughs> I saw a few snowdrops out in Ipswich Park on Thursday. It cheered me up thinking spring not far away. And that's Rob. Well, I don't know about spring not far away. <laughs> um, we haven't got to Christmas yet. No. You're, I think he's jumping the gun a bit yeah, there, do Snowdrops, isn't it? Snowdrops, and it's glad that you see you've got to cut your grass as well. Um, and we've got another one here that says, oh, no, I've, I've snowdrops. I've, you've broken I've, it. I've lost it. <laughs> yeah, so we've got, right, another one question here. Uh, don't, oh, just a reminder of the, um, of the phone number as well. Phone number is 0800 111 that's 0800 111 snowdrops normally do come out around christmas into january they don't they yeah Dave? yeah t tail end of the uh, month but normally you need a, a proper sort of cold spell to, to to wake them up really and then they they start appearing so it's quite early but hopefully they'll last long enough to still be there when you well, go out for right. boxing day walk Back to your gardening questions in a moment, but right now on the BBC Essex Gardening Hour podcast, we've got some top tips on things you could be getting on with in the garden this week. Dave, what's your first tip? Well, it's not quite the garden, but it is that time of year, and this is probably one of the biggest Christmas tree weekends of, of, the, uh, of the month. So you, hopefully people are going out and they're going to be picking a Christmas tree and really, what are you looking for? Well, a live tree for a start. That will help. Because we're gardeners. We're yeah. gardeners. We've got, to, we've got to promote live trees, haven't we? And, and the, there's a great purpose to growing them all. You know, they're, they're there for probably six or seven years for a, for a six or seven foot tree. So that's that's a field of trees that are doing good for that time in the meantime. Good for the environment. Isn't it? Yeah, Very and they good. always get replanted as well, so it's continuous. But really, the two types you're going to come across is Nordman, which are classed as a non or minimal drop. It doesn't mean that they... I'm don't drop. I'm glad you said minimal <laughs> drop. Um, and the spruce. And the spruce is a traditional Trafalgar Square tree. Um, and really, don't don't ignore them because they smell great. They look very good and traditional when they're dressed. They do, don't they? And if you're putting them somewhere, some people have a tree outside or in a cold sort of porch way, then they're perfect for that. And then the dropping really isn't a problem because you're keeping the temperature down. Or if you're a person who only puts your tree in for, a, say, a week yeah. in the house. Perfect. Absolutely perfect. And they're cheaper. Much, much cheaper, about half the price. <laughs> Which makes a lot of difference, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, and then obviously you're going to get this tree home and what to do with it. Um, the worst thing to do is take it in on the 1st of December, put it by a radiator, don't water it, um, and it will shed. You've got to treat them like a bunch of flowers, really. You get a bunch of flowers home, you'll cut the bottom of the stem so they can drink. A tree will drink water. Um, and we're going to keep it as cool as we can and possibly mist it. If you don't need the tree in yet, Cut the bottom, take it out of the net, put it in a bucket of water and leave it outside until you're ready. And just turn that radiator off if it's near one. Because otherwise they will dull, go really quite dry. 
and loose leaves. And if it if they're cut ones, which we're mainly talking about yeah. here, it the stem will take up water. So you need a stand that contains what can water contain it. water. Yeah. And it, they they drink half a pint pint a day, Easily. depending on the Easily. size, aren't they? And the longer you can keep them drinking, the longer they will stay fresh. At some point, they will sort of go. Yeah. No, I've had enough, and then they just sit there dormant. But if you can keep them going, people do it with flowers. Why wouldn't you do it with a tree? You know, they're, they're not plastic. That's the important thing. It is in my book anyway. <laughs> yeah. What's your second tip then? Second one is presents. They're yeah. always hard. There's loads of gardens out there and there's still some really good plants and other presents out there. Things like um, flower snips. People ask me, you know, what do I buy someone there a gardener? Not everyone has snips opposed to secateurs. And they're great. Oh, just for deadheading and dead stuff like that. And they're brilliant. And they're a nice little sharp tool to have. Not something you'd naturally buy yourself. And the plants that you can buy... Things like winter box, sarcococca, we've got winter, the winter rose, the, the hellebores, uh, winter flowering camellias, and witch hazels is going to start sort of popping fairly soon as well. And they're good presents to give that are going to live for years. So they are plants or tools you can't go wrong. Can't go wrong. Thanks, Dave. And we'll have a few more tips later on in, in the podcast. The Gardening Hour podcast on BBC Essex with Ken Crowther. Let's look at other people have asked. Uh, this is from Robin in Braintree, and he said, would you dig up a Christmas tree? <laughs> um, to, it's an outdoor one. It's six foot high. It's in the garden. And if so, how would you dig it up and move it indoors? And has it got any chance? What um, do you reckon? Well, I'll just <clears throat> go and buy one. Um, <laughs> it's it's something that you can't just decide to do unless you're going to really dig up a very big root ball um, you, you know these things when they're grown to be containerized or to be potted there's a process taking place of root pruning and things to to give them a, the best chance of survival so having a, a six foot tree that's in the garden and you just take the spade to it it, it is most likely going to not get through um, it'll go through the, the Christmas because it's, it's no mm. worse than the cut tree but whether you can then just pop it back in the garden after and uh, expect it to carry on growing is is unlikely. While we're talking about that it's quite interesting because today um, they're growing them they grow them sometimes in a pot That's right, in yeah. the ground. Now, yeah. I mean is do they cut the roots then or well, how the, does that the work? The better ones you can get them in a the pot in the ground um, and that counts as pot grown that's the, the key. And will they live? They generally do. We've not had any any sort of dire. We always have a few left over, and you know they keep going through the year. The best ones, and it is worth reading labels when you're shopping. Yeah, there, there is a difference between potted and pot grown. Right, potted. Don't expect them to live. And, so is and that you need where to look they at ju- the wording? So pot potted means that they've lifted it out the ground. They've basically just... Chopped the roots off. Dug it well, not chopped all the roots off, but no, dug it out. Just dug it out. without. It's not been containerized or root balled or anything. It's just dug out, pushed in a pot to hold it up and sold. They stay fresh through the through Christmas quite well. So it's a help well. because they've got a bit of root and yeah, they've got soil But don't them. expect them to continue growing afterwards because, you know, they have had damage. But the, when they do the pot-growing ones now, quite often they put the pot inside a pot as well so they can turn it. Oh, right. So you don't get too much root coming out and into the ground and establishing. It keeps the roots within the bounds of, of the pot that it's in. 
and it keeps it cooler and easy to water. You know these air pots? Nobody's growing them in air pots because no. they'd work, wouldn't they? they would because work. air pots, where the root hits the per right it's to explain to an air pot, an air pot is a pot with thousands of holes in yeah. it, basically, isn't it? Yeah. And where the root tries to go through the hole, when it hits the air, it returns, doesn't it, and goes yeah. back in. And divides. And divides. Yeah. So why don't people grow them in the air pots, I wonder? Whether it's the expense of the pot. Oh, could perhaps. be money. Yeah. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, I mean... Tends to be the uh, answer somewhere. Because even a pot grown, a uh, pot grown, yeah. is much more expensive, isn't much it? Much more, because it takes longer. You don't get the growth rate um, and the waste, you know, and transport and so on. So yeah, they are more expensive, but... If you want, don't want to buy a tree every year, it's probably it's a good way of doing it. Give us a call now, 0800-111-4041. And Francis from Hartford has given us a call. What would you like to know, Francis? Oh, it's not what I wanted to know. I heard you about the snowdrops. Oh, yes, yes. And what I've we... got iris. Is that the reticulata, the little ones? Um, no, these were quite big. I didn't even know I'd got them there. <laughs> <laughs> not yellow, are they? I no, they're the bright blue. You know, oh, the normal iris. Not the big tall ones. No, no. No, the Dutch iris. Not Dutch iris, the dwarf iris. Oh, uh, um, About six inches, four or five inches high. Yeah, yeah. That's, is that reticulata? That would be reticulata. Reticulata, types, yeah. that type is. Yeah, they're, they're one of the first ones to sort of, if you can get them going, they do flower quite early. And are they in the garden or in your pots? They're in the garden. Yeah. And have they've they got a lot of foliage around them, but I didn't even know they were there until <laughs> I thought, what's that bit of blue over there? Yeah, they... I'd actually um, tied the leaves together, and then when I looked, I'd got four iris in there. Oh. That's, that's impress, impressive, isn't yeah. it? Eh? A lot of people grow irises indoors, don't they, to, to flower them early for Christmas. Start, much like, yeah, yeah, and then put them out in the garden. That's it, much like but the hyacinths. My neighbours had clematis out. <laughs> yeah. We used to have got leaves on our um, apple tree in the garden. Yeah. Prune it. That yeah. gets rid of them. <laughs> hers, is a, hers is a May one. That, and uh, it's been out, but now it's just flowered a little bit again. So the second wind. Yeah. They are getting a yeah. bit confused this year, aren't they, with the mild weather they that we've are. been having. Yeah. Mm. France, yeah, exactly. Francis, okay, thank, thank you. That's nice to uh, for us to know that Iris is a flowering. Um, just going, I'd like to go back to trees because trees are obviously quite an important thing. Have we seen, I mean, do you sell those artificial trees there as well? <laughs> yes. Just yeah. out of interest. Is it, can you see a balance between the two or have, people's, have people changed? Because a lot of people are anti-digging up and cutting trees, which is wrong because they're good for the environment. Yeah. I mean, can you see a difference in the I balance? Think- I think there's slightly more interest, but I, I wouldn't have said it's environmental. I would say it's more financial. Um, you know, when you, a tree, a good tree, isn't cheap. You know, it takes a long time to grow. So what's to say, um, let me think, a metre high pot grown Probably, Nordman, that's a semi, well, uh, non-droppish. Nordman, I would say around about £40. Pounds. So it's quite a lot of money. Yeah, and the cut ones are probably, you know, 40 to 50 generally, depends where, where they're the from. On the size? On the on a sort of six to seven foot, so you might spend perhaps twice that on a decent, you know, a decent artificial, artificial tree. There's some some nasty ones out there when you really look around, but a decent one. So as long as you get more than two years financially, you've save saved money, money, haven't you? And I think it is more that than environmental, um, because 
growing plants is environmentally good if they're done correctly. So I haven't seen any sort of detriment to, on that side of things. You haven't? No. So it's it's pretty well the same. It's just running as normal. And Yeah, and there's some really good um, charity uh, collection, you know, tree collections where they collect the tree, they will mulch it, that they will get some value out of that. So they're recycling the trees. We haven't, you know, they're not just getting chopped up and burnt on on the fires and things. So it's it's all the way through the process. There's some pluses. Um, it's not unsound. You know, it's it's a good practice that they're grown by. Are many grown in? I'm saying the UK because I know a lot are grown in Scotland. Mm. Are a higher amount they always used to come from say Denmark and places yeah, like that. Yeah, more and more. I mean, the, the the Danish is still the major exporters importers but i know for a fact that you know a lot of the trees even from danish suppliers are coming down from scotland um, and ireland um, purely because it's transport you know to send a pallet from denmark to england it's much better just to find the trees in the uk in the uk and just send them down the country so although the the, the companies might be danish the trees i would say 80 percent of what we've got now are scottish or irish which hasn't generally been the case. No, I think that's the, a, but the it takes several changing. years to grow, it so does, you've got to yeah. be patient, haven't yeah. you? That's interesting. And uh, Tom, Tom we, we, we mentioned Ireland there, didn't we? But you're from near Cork, is that right, uh, Tom? That, that's right, Ken. Yeah, I live uh, near Cork. Um, we've been back here about 18, 19 years. My wife, and the reason I'm talking to listening to Radio Essex is my wife was from uh, Upminster. <laughs> so, uh, I listen to Radio Essex all the time since she passed away. So uh, Good man. we came back here and uh, we have about a two and a quarter acre garden here. So it's quite sizable. Oh, okay, you're busy. <laughs> <laughs> but she was a superb, she was a superb gardener. I was just a labourer. So now I'm having to learn like hell. <laughs> I was only going to make two com- learn to make two comments. One was when you mentioned poinsettias. We, yeah. learned, we lived in the Canaries for 11 years, and I was listening to you and talking about how much you have to take care of them. Yeah. They grew in our garden like bloody weeds. We <laughs> have to hack them back. It's yeah. unbelievable. They're, they're, they just grow wild. It, and, in their uh, right environment, then plants will thrive, won't they? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. The other point I was going to make was the, the lady with the vacuum cleaner and, and, and blowing leaves. I <laughs> yes. can imagine what you said about trying to, get, trying to use a vacuum cleaner. I would never get anywhere. But I blow, what I do with mine is I blow the leaves across some of the lawns and I blow them out to the nice and thin. Then I jump on my tractor, which has got a mulching device on it, and drive backwards and forwards and, and cut mulches the leaves up. And yeah. in no time, they disappear into the grass. And the next year, I've got beautiful green grass. Yeah. There you are, you see. That's a good way of fertilising, isn't it? Because mulching does work, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, as long as it's mulched up and, and, as you say, why collect them if you can mulch, mulch them? them? And it's a, probably a bit more fun right. sitting I mean, on a tractor doing it. Because you're right, Tom, <laughs> what you mustn't do is leave the leaf on the actual, yeah, on, on, the, on the lawn itself, because then it produces oh, moulds, doesn't it, underneath? Right, the, gra- the, grass, the grass will just die underneath them That's if there's right. a lot of them, and they yeah. usually have a lot of them. But, you know, if anybody else has got a mulcher and a, a blower, that's what I do, and it's certainly... A, a, Keeps the lawn looking nice. Doesn't look nice for a couple, about a week or two after you do it, but then the grass grows through it, they disappear, and they're gone. Yeah, Tom, brilliant. that's fantastic. Nice little tip from you as well from uh, from <laughs> from Ireland as well. <laughs> okay, guys, good, love good your tip. show. Keep keep up the good work. Thank you mm-hmm. very much. Keep listening, Tom. And nice to hear we got people in Ireland listening to us as well. And uh, we go now to Treasure from Stebbing, who wants to talk about Christmas trees. Is that right, Treasure? Ken, I Hi. thought I'd like to give some hope to people that are trying to grow a Christmas tree on after Christmas. 
Yes. Um, my neighbour had one that was in a pot. Obviously, it must have been a rooted one. And she had it for about five years. It was decorated each winter with the, its little lights. <laughs> and she thought it was much too big. She was getting worried about it. It blew over in the wind a couple of times. So I inherited it. And I kept it for a year. And I thought, no, it doesn't look happy in that pot. So I got somebody to dig me a fairly big hole. We chipped the pot off and put, planted it in the ground. It was in the heat of the summer, so it was watered twice a day. And I now have a six-foot-high Christmas tree that's looking absolutely splendid. <laughs> have you got your lights on it? No, it's too far <laughs> from the house now. I need too long a cable. Oh, well, I get some, some battery ones. Where it could grow into a large tree, which obviously it will yeah. do. Yeah. yeah, get some of those battery lights, as, as Dave said. You get outdoor battery lights that have got timers on them, and it won't need a cable. I never thought of that. Yeah, oh, there you go. Lovely, that will. He did promise I'd light it up every year for her. Well, <laughs> you better keep your promise. Get it's a nice star as well on the top. It's got the root on, you know. It, yeah. it, it seemed to do very well. Yeah, no, it's good. It's nice to see them. They're, they're a lovely shaped thing in the garden. You know, they have a place in the garden as a conifer. Yeah. Conifers have had a bit of a rough old time of things yeah. in recent years, but... You know, a Christmas a Christ tree is not just for Christmas. No, it's a, it's a <laughs> nice... I, I had one when I moved here 30 years ago, and it's now about 30 foot high. Well. <laughs> but I shan't be decorating Good luck decorating that, that one. <laughs> <laughs> Have a well, nice Christmas, both of you. Thank you, you very too. much. That's Treasure from Stebbing. We'll be back to your calls, texts and emails shortly, but let's take a final look at the top tips Dave has for us this week. Well, we've had a wet, wet week and now it's dry, sunny and lovely to get out in the garden. So really any digging and any winter pre preparation of soil, get the compost dug in, get that finished before we may well get some colder weather going into January and the ground starts freezing. So leave it lumpy. Get it lumpy and let the winter do its work for you. And obviously make sure the last of the leaves are off the lawn. We don't really want the lawn going yellow under leaves and the garden is tidy and winter ready. I'll tell you what, you've given us enough to get on with there. I reckon you could work right through Christmas, don't you? Keep you going to the new year. Thanks, Dave. And uh, don't forget, tips here that are nowhere else, just on the BBC Essex podcast. We will go and talk to Pauline in Clacton. Hello, Pauline in Clacton. Hello, Kane. I've got a big problem. What somebody, you got? Um, before I moved here, somebody had a huge tree cut down uh -huh. and I'm getting all fungus around it. Great big, huge, I mean, there's a great big brown and white one. It must be eight inches across. There was a white one the other day. I don't, <laughs> don't know how to get rid of them. Any idea? No, you don't, they're you don't in, need to, really. You don't need to at all. Um, firstly, it's a reminder for anybody having trees cut down that if you can afford it, have the stump removed because yeah. it is much better. Yeah. But would you... It's, Isn't I mean, it a great year for mushrooms <laughs> and fungus? It is, if you like your mushrooms. But I think really all you've got to remember is, is the, the fungus is doing its job. It's, it's doing what it does. It breaks down sort of dead and dying material, composting mm. it really. So by having them there, at least you know that stump is degrading and it will carry on degrading. Um, there isn't really much you can do about it. You just I mean, I've them been off, pouring Jay's fluid over them. I wouldn't. I, yeah, I'd just let them do their job. You know, mm. they are they're living on the, the dead stuff. It, it starts a cycle, and it'll help get rid of that stump um, much easier than trying to treat it for, for the fungus. Okay. And it's because 
uh, I think the add-on is that because it's quite mild mm. and moist, the fungi this year are particularly good. I mean, yeah. um, if you're into fungi, and some people are, they love looking at them and, and look at, you know, finding different ones. It's it. I've talked to a few people, and they're so enthusiastic this year because <laughs> there's, plenty of them. there's plenty of it. It's yeah. everywhere. So in fact, you're possibly getting more than you would normally in an, in some other mm. years. Does that make sense to you, Pauline? It was dry yeah. last. So it was drier yeah. last winter. Yeah. So you would not have got it. Whereas this year, it's moist and warm, and mm. you're getting them. Yeah. Okay, then, Ken. All right. Thank you. Thank That's you a very pleasure. Much. All right. Don't panic about them. And oh no, don't use Jane. You shouldn't. Well, doesn't doesn't do anything for them, does it no. at all? We've got a text here. Um, <laughs> I like this one. Uh, does having lots of berries or by holly and katoa ashton mean it's going to be a hard winter? And that's Joan from Leon C. Now, come on, <laughs> Dave, you're, you're a gardener. Uh, what? Um, it just means you've got a lot of berries. <laughs> it's obviously been a decent. It was actually a good summer for um, awesome colour, you know, having this extra yeah. sun and warmth has really given us some good awesome colour this year. And as long as the flowers were pollinated and there's enough water around, stuff's burying up quite well as well. Um, it just depends how long it can stay there until the birds get there. But mm. as far as what's to come in the future, it's only a sign of the past. And isn't it a reminder, really, that, you know, there are plenty of wind... There is lots of winter colour if you look for it. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, but not enough people think winter. No, uh, I think... From a gar- I mean, you know, you, you're, you're running a garden yeah. centre, um, and I'm sure you do displays of winter colour. <laughs> yes. But I bet your sales aren't massive. Oh, no. I mean, people have got their Christmas blinkers on, so, that, you know, yeah. you've got lovely, lovely... There's some fantastic plants in the winter, isn't there? I mean, f- the scent of Sarkococca. Yeah. You know, that lovely, sweet smell on Christmas box. Hellebores that are flowering now. There's some fantastic plants, but actually... Bit of tinsel on a Christmas tree is all that some people's mind yeah. really at the moment. Which so. is a pity because is. you can brighten up your garden. I mean, I, I went past somewhere the other day and it had got that uh, viburnum. Is it uh, dawn? Oh, Bodnes Hensi dawn. dawn. Yeah, with its pink flowers all up those Beautiful. stems, and you think, yeah. you know, and that's a pink flower in a garden at this time of year. Absolutely looks gorgeous, doesn't it? I mean, I, I always advocate that people go out in the garden and. Find something, find a plant that looks good every month. Just yeah. find it and go, I like that. It's December, I'll have one of those. January, do the same. February, do the same. It is, is it worth your year? I was going to say, is it worth asking? I'm just cross checking because if they're grown under glass or polythene, they mm. sometimes flower early, don't they? Yeah, some of the that tends to happen more in the spring than yeah. it does in the winter. The winter, winter stuff tends to be quite true because they're, they're very hardy, obviously, to be out there and they've been grown outside in normal conditions. I mean, I did notice the witch hazel was really starting to swell now, and that looks like that's going to start popping soon. And they're they're lovely, but unfortunately, you know, people aren't gardening this in the winter to see them. But there's some cracking plants. Um, a nice, amusing one uh, here from. We were talking Christmas trees, weren't we? Um, Helen from London says she had, uh, her Xmas. A Christmas tree, don't like the word. <laughs> Christmas tree was too wide, so I trimmed the branches back. My children were highly amused. It was an artificial one. (laughs) (laughs) I like that. That's quite a good one. Uh, Can I still plant anything in the vegetable garden or is it too late? And that's Christine from Harlow. Um, It's not a lot. I mean, is it a bit late even for garlic? Would you get any growth out of it? You might get a bit. Uh, The way the seasons are going. I mean, things that people don't think about is things like um, sweet peas. 
Oh, you know, right. Because normally you do those in October, don't yeah, you? Yeah, but cold greenhouse, get them, it's better than doing it in the spring. You know, if you can get the growth, uh, get them going and growing, um, you get a much stronger plant. It gives you enough time to remove the, the growing tip so you can grow them on side shoots, um, which are, are better. But there isn't a lot of veg. I mean, you could start thinking about um, some of the early spring greens and things like that that you might want to start waking up. But no, <laughs> limited at the moment. Do you find, you know, as running, doing a garden centre thing, do you, do you find people want to buy veg? Not, not now, because you mm. said they're blinkered for Christmas, but earlier on, are people buying vegetable plants still or, or has well, that the, disappeared? The problem we have is the seed companies now rotate in, in different ways. So they take all the seeds back at the end of the year, normally mm. the end of autumn, um, and we try to hang on to things like the old uh, broad, autumn yeah, broad, broad beans, beans and things like that. and stuff like and, that. And they don't stock them, so we soon run out of those. But good gardeners, gardeners that are organised, come out in the winter because they can't do much else and start planning their year and wanting to buy seeds. Ooh, we've got next to none because they've all gone back to be replenished with, with the with new fresh ones. fresh stock. So it is quite difficult. And, and, you know, come the spring, come January, all the seeds mm. come in again. People are out there like children in sweet shops. <laughs> And are veg plants as popular as they used to be, or has that disappeared? Because if you, if you go back, I mean, I go back to my dad's era, you know, yeah. A, he'd sow a lot of stuff, but he'd also be able to go out and buy plants as yeah, well. Yeah, I think you'll find now that, that plants in small quantities, so there's a lot of um, sort of six packs and, and so on, so you've yeah. got only a few plants growing because it suits people that are perhaps container gardening, that have got small gardens, and are just doing a little bit, but... You know, you buy a packet of carrot seeds, there's, there's 3,000 seeds in a packet of carrot seeds. It's cheap, isn't it? What are going to do with them? <laughs> you can feed, cheap, a aren't they? feed the street on one packet. You can. So with things like, and the same with cabbage and that, but two or three plants of a cabbage or half a dozen cabbage plants, it's enough for most people and probably not worth the inconvenience of sowing seeds, growing them on and using the space. So when when do your seeds come in? When when does that start? They, they come in for centers. us in January. So really it's one of the first things to arrive at, through the door. Um, as the trees exit the door so that the seeds come in the propagation and all of that stuff ready for the new season and it's it, it sort of I love it really actually because we some by three months of Christmas which is generally what we have you're pleased in retail, to get you, back to garden it's nice to get back to gardening and, and plan a year ahead I've remembered the text that in fact I unfortunately deleted and I can't remember <laughs> the guy's name uh, but I remember the question because we just talked about vegetables and mm. in fact it was a text that said um, he's got potato compost. Yeah. So he's obviously grown potatoes yeah. in barrels or something. Mm -hmm. What's the best thing to do with them? But surely you can just add that to the garden, can't you? Yeah, you can add it to the garden or add it to the compost heap. You know, adding a bit of, of, of compost to a compost heap just helps keep it open because quite often they can get, you know, get claggy, stodgy and claggy. Um, and so that it'll work as a soil improver or just put it straight into the into the beds and just fork it into the, the borders. And are more and more people growing them in, in containers, do you think, potatoes? Because if so, you only want to buy you know half yeah. a dozen potatoes, that, that, not, that's a, not a pack. Bit. Yeah, two kilos of seed potatoes, is, it makes a, that's a lot of bags. Do you have to split them a lot more? Um, we do get, we, we get them in smaller packs, so you get sort of only half a dozen potatoes rather than I think you get about 20 in a two kilo I mean that's that's about a 20 foot row of, of potatoes so um, more and more there seems to be a divide of people that will have a go and only want small amounts and the, the, the traditional gardener that is still planting rows and rows of um, potatoes but it weren't a good year this year for them so I think they'll be trying again next what the 
You mean they, the results were poor? The results were poor, dry summers, um, and, and as far as I'm hearing from suppliers, that the sea potato will be short, short. short supply. Does that mean the price will rise quite considerably? Because... I think, luckily, within the industry, you agree these things in advance, and it just means that the, 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 the volume supply of stock, bit, the will, be stock will be less. Yeah, same as it was with, with daffodil bulbs this year. Yeah. You know, you've got what you That'll order, take no some more. time to get, get that back again, it won't it? It's not overnight, is it? it takes no, daffodil takes, time. what is it, seven, something like six, seven years, isn't yeah, it? If it's from seed, but, you know, even division, they haven't got the volume to put back in the ground to, to get next year's, because they haven't hold so much back. Now, we have jumped that, and the people won't understand what we're talking about, but actually it was because it was a very dry summer yeah um the crop of daffodil they didn't grow because they're grown in acres and acre huge fields yeah. up near Holbeach and lincolnshire yeah. Yeah. and up that area um and in fact we as a european com- country are one of the greatest producers of daffodils daffodil bulbs. Yeah, we produce more dutch but we are it's we not produce more deaths than the dutch that's right but now the real problem was just a dry mm, summer wasn't it yeah the, the plants the bulbs are replanted each year and then they're normally given a two or three year cycle in the ground um where they will bulk up and they put a ton in the field and expect to get five tons of bulbs out the field well the, they was getting about a quarter of what they was expecting to get out so they've got to put some back in and it just makes shortages so that made a real shortage not bulking up because it was so dry and and we think potatoes have suffered the same fate a little bit this year now jeff in south end has just sent us a text and he's asking when do i prune patio fruit trees well that would depend on what, <laughs> what they <hell>? are <laughs> so do you have to prune them just as a fruit tree because you people are doing winter pruning now of fruit trees yes aren't they? i mean if it is if it is an apple and and of those those trees you can prune them i mean the patio ones you tend to just really tidy them You're is not... it just sort of shaping them up yeah, rather than doing the you get the odd water shoot or a strong shoot that wants to develop and you can just sort of take that back but obviously if it's a stone fruit same applies to whether it's a, mm. a big tree or short tree wait till the summer and i'm now going to ask because you're you're selling i'm not selling <laughs> do, are they selling as as many do you sell as many patty are they still as popular because they had a real push didn't they pass, we used to get what were called terrace which were the real squat little yeah, ones yeah and they don't really you know give what, you they're much too back. small they're too small um but the the the, the dwarf rootstocks now um, the M27s um, tend to be the And you can the grow those tree. in a container? A good-sized container, and they're naturally about a five, six-foot fruiting tree, so practical for, for more modern gardens, really. So they are? It's all getting smaller, and people are growing <laughs> stuff yeah. more and more on their patios, yes. aren't they? Thanks very much for listening to the BBC Essex Gardening Hour podcast. If you missed any of the answers to the questions we gave, you can download this programme and take it with you on the BBC Sounds app. Don't forget, if you have a gardening question for us, why not give us a call on 0800 111 and be part of the programme. Every Saturday morning on BBC Essex from 11. BBC Sounds. Music, radio, podcasts.